Hey girls and gays. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of I Said What I Said, where we close the gap between who we are and who we want to be and where we are and where we want to be. We've got the lovely Bobo joining us for part two on friendships. I'm back. Welcome, darling. I'm back by force. (laughs) By force. Please bear with us. We've got a bit of drilling, kids swimming. We've got life happening around us. Um, So just bear that in mind. We're going to pick up where we left off. We're discussing dilemmas around friendship. We're also discussing what makes being there for your friends emotionally tricky. Mm. So let's just get some responses up. So I asked people, what kind of emotional labor do you hate? And people said, comforting someone for the hurt that they have caused themselves. Ooh, That was an interesting one. What do you do when... A friend was in the wrong Mm. and now it's exploded in their face. The hot oil has landed on them. How do you manage? Do you comfort them? I struggle with this because like if a friend, for example. Okay, yeah. Give me an example. Is this like something you've told them five times over? Don't do this. Don't do this. Not even. A friend starts drama, let's say. Yeah. Okay, here's an example. Yeah. So someone wrote in that they've they want to break up with one of their friends because they slept with their ex and it's like okay no no that's not wait, a good example wait wait no okay. let me use a hypothetical i do want to go into that one we though, will we will spicy. people are chaotic yeah. and i feel like i have a feeling some of my friends conceal parts of their chaotic identities from me mm. and that's why sometimes when other women or when men talk about women it seems so foreign when people yeah. say women are crazy women are because I think some of my friends think I'll judge them or, or look at how I conduct myself and like yeah. just know I won't, they assume I won't accept it. Okay. So friends who are chaotic, friends who, for example, um, might terrorize the new girlfriend of their ex, friends who try to break up relationships, yeah. friends who spread gossip because they feel insecure, yeah. friends who are rude about other people, unsolicited because um, they're jealous we all have those friends, yeah. but I personally can't even pick one of mine because none of them present that side of them. I'm but seeing. I hear it from other people sometimes. Yeah. So what do you do when a friend is really just badly behaved and it backfires? Your friend spreads gossip about um, their ex's new partner and it's backfired. They've been ostracized from another friend group and they come yeah. to you crying. Do you do they deserve comfort? How do you manage that? I think everyone deserves comfort because we're all dumb bitches. You know what I mean? Like... I think the worst thing to do is to shame someone in that situation. Um, Clearly, if you're being a dumb bitch continuously, there's something like there's a pain point there that you're not that you're not addressing. So hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, I think like I think it's it's good to remember that your friend who's doing some dumb shit, like your friend who's terrorizing their their boyfriend's ex is just hurt. Like, all they just want is love and assurance and validation. Mm -mm. Yeah, they're just hurt. I mean, yes, but no. Okay, but, like, what is... I feel like the only way out of that pain is just to be loving. Do you know what I mean? Like, what could you possibly say to them that's not loving that would help the situation? I think I think it's those people who need to be comforted even more because they're in the most pain. And that's probably why my friends don't come to me because I'm tough love and I'm not going to comfort you oh, if you've I been see. badly behaved. Okay, please, which I think is I not struggle right. With tough love, I really. Struggle oh, you struggle with receiving it. it. I struggle receiving it, and I struggle yeah. giving it. Yeah, I think in many times it's not called for. I think I don't think it's right that I give tough love. I think yeah. if somebody comes to you. 
and they've done something they're they're in the wrong and they yeah. need love the lo- as you said the last thing you need is to shame them mm. and teach them a lesson yeah they need to be hugged and told it's all right and that they're not bad we mm. all want to know that we're good that even though i was so cruel am That's i still not good you. yeah um and so i think it's i think it's often more times than not, people do not leave, need tough love the minute they come to you in a time of crisis. Yeah. Maybe weeks later. Yeah. So I know I'm in the wrong. Um, so, wait, okay, why do you give tough love? I've always... I don't even think I'm capable of yeah. giving tough love. So I think I'm firstly I've received why. tough love. Ah. So I think we also replicate... The I think we given. yeah and I think we literally replicate what we've seen in our homes I think some of my friends come from chaotic homes and yeah. so they don't see that as chaos trying to break up a, a, a unit yeah they that is what they saw their parents doing or the, the, the adults in my home um with one of my parents when I was in pain I'd come and I'd cry and I'd say I'm being bullied and the response would be what are you doing about it why yeah. are you being bullied how have you let them say that what did you do about that yeah so I've had to take ownership for for other people's for how I've been treated from day one yeah. and it's not okay definitely scarring but that's just what I know that's and interesting it's hard. I think similarly to you I also grew up in a tough love household yeah. just because African parenting but I think for me that tough love was like damaging to me yeah. and so I shy away from it so, so you did much. the opposite yeah okay. so I did the opposite of being like I don't like I didn't like when I was being given tough love so I refuse to ever give someone else tough love I love but then that. I also wondered, to this day, why? What is the purpose? Of like, tough love. yeah, like why give? Why be hard when you could be gentle? Well, I think the reason why a lot of us, a lot of us humans, are badly behaved mm. is because no one checks us. Ah. And I think both of our both of our stances are important. Yeah, empathy and loving, regardless, and yeah. tough love. Yeah. Um, I will say I do, I do blame badly behaved people on people like you who I'm don't screaming. check them. No, I think you can check someone, but you do it je- like you, you're still hugging them. You're still comforting them. You can't. So let's say, for, let's, let's do a scenario. So you broke up with your boyfriend. You are heartbroken. You are. I've actually got a real example okay, that you yeah. should use. Yeah. I've got a friend who broke up with their ex years ago mm. and they've been behaving they're constantly crying and calling them and going back. Then <laughs> engaging in really dangerous, um, risky sex with people. Yeah. Um, getting into relationships to heal the wounds. Yeah. Going back, crying to their ex. Being, I don't want to use the word pathetic, but, you know, behaving kind of pathetically. Mm. And then being mistreated by their ex and wondering why. Okay. So in that situation. Yeah. It's been maybe two, three years. Yeah. And that's, that pattern of behavior yeah what is the right course to take because this person is being destructive yeah. and a nuisance to themselves to and themselves to, to their ex and to everybody around them yeah they're a nuisance now i think in a situation like this it's more effective instead of saying to this person you're being a nuisance you're being disruptive you're being this and this and that it's to get them to say it so like instead of telling them you're asking them questions Mm-hmm. to guide them to the answer mm-hmm. because i feel like people want to feel like they they came up with the answer like they That's saw true. it themselves because people just aren't receptive and i'm the same if you tell me that i'm being a dumb bitch i'm not gonna believe you like i'm just gonna be like why are you being cruel why are you That's being so biased true. whereas if you're just like so why did you do that what led you to doing that how did you feel when you were doing that like as as i answer these questions i'll eventually land in 
because I'm a dumb bitch. And like when I say that myself, I can take ownership of it. I can be accountable for my actions. Okay. Because I'm the, you know what I mean? So I consider that tough love. How? But that's very gentle, don't you oh, think? Oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I guess we have different I guess names. It's, yeah. I, I, I guess it's about um, phrase. You, so accountability when you say, for me is, 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 is tough. So <sighs> for me, when you say tough love, what I think is like the African parent being mm. like, um, man up or like boss yeah, up yeah, or like, yeah. well, what were you doing in that? T- Instead of like coming at you with, kindness and, and meeting you at your standing. level yeah and meeting me at my level where i'm at they're they're meeting you with aggression and that's like, true okay and right while you might be objectively true objectively right you're also not i don't know i prioritize kindness over truth any day because yes, yes, like yes. what the fuck is truth anyway but what Who do we do it? what do we say to look everyone sent over when i ask people mm. um yeah what's the most upsetting part about being emotionally available for your friends. It's literally, I am so done with going over the same issue with you over and over and over. That's what everyone, I've got a hundred responses. That's what everyone said. Yeah. And so what can they do to stop this? I feel like you shouldn't um, coddle the person and like incentivize their behavior, but rather, so if you're coming at me and I actually had a friend who kept doing this, like she'd break up with her boyfriend and then complain, cr- complain and cry and be sad. And then she's like, I'm done with him. I'm actually done. Mm. Three months from now, they're back together. And then same problem again. They fight, they break up. Three months from now, they're back together. And I feel like, so now the, the third time I'm bored of this problem, like I already know what's going to happen. You don't even need to tell me. So it's like, but do you remember when you last said that you were done with him and you're back with him again? What did you expect to be different? Like, what did you think was going to change? And I feel like it's, again, by asking questions as opposed to, like, making statements about who they are or why they did something wrong, that wow. they conclude, what's I'm that, the clown. What's that, is it called Ro- the road racer? What's that cartoon of the that animal that runs so fast? Do you remember that? Yeah, I know. It's the road runner. I'm the yeah. road runner. So really? I wouldn't have gotten there. It's why? bye-bye. It's bye-bye for me. Really? Because for me now, the dumb bitch is you for being there. For me now, it's switched. (laughs) (laughs) For me now, you're the clown, Bobo, because... Why am I the clown? Look, it's twofold. On one hand, in the last episode, I did say, what is friendship but supporting people? And we all have our karmic circles. Yeah. And it's so easy to see other people's. Yeah. Like these patterns that just keep repeating themselves. We can see it with our parents. If you look at your parents, they're like some cycles have been in when you were 10 that they still have now. Mm. There's things that we just have, like these karmic loops, Mm. and we can't see our own. We can only see other people's. So I understand that. For me, literally hundreds of you have complained about a friend saying the same thing. How I've dealt with one of my friends who says the same thing is I've honestly, I think I've, first I explained to them, we went through all this. We did the rehabilitating. We did the question asking. And I said, listen, I'm probably not the best. I actually kind of don't want to be involved in your romantic life. I do struggle with it. It's it's not for me uh, now. Yeah. And then further, further to over and above that, I've distanced myself because it's impossible when you've got a friend who is so involved in their own drama, yeah. especially with romance, every time you go to brunch, every time you do anything, it's hijacked mm. by that. When you ask, how are you? All they can They're think the of is the drama. Yeah. So already we've distanced ourselves. I love them. Yeah. But, 
I'm not interested in being involved in that like karmic loop. It's not beneficial for me. So mm. I, I align myself with people who's, um, I try to, whose positive life stories and negative life stories yeah. benefit me, right? The codependency has to benefit me. Yeah, yeah. So the, if yours doesn't, I just distance myself. I'm not doing but charity Makunda. work. But, okay. but so I still have friends who have issues who are, that are cyclical and yeah. I have issues that are cyclical. Yeah. But, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you want be that here. patience? from someone but I, else that, that is patience so yeah. for me okay this friend it's been we've been dealing with that for a year yeah and now i'm done so i think it's all relative what patience is for me okay, pati- yeah. a year is yeah. a long time for me <laughs> yeah so um and i think we all have a different levels but i yeah. think what's more pathetic people a hundred people complaining about the same thing and you've done nothing about it it's not about your friend anymore it's not your decision like what yeah. are you gonna do yeah because your friend's life state is not changing anytime soon yeah you've got to love them with it endure them with it or like make a plan i think ultimately you can't force yourself to be someone's friend you know what i mean so even if you genuinely have run out of patience there's actually nothing you can do about that because Mm. at that point you're forcing yourself to be around someone out of pity for Mm. them and that doesn't help them or you so i think and it's about boring it is, problems, isn't it? You yeah. said you, you don't like boring problems. Yeah, so I don't love- like boring... I like um, Azealia Banks' problems. <laughs> like, I like... I like for you, for my friends' problems to be spicy. Otherwise, like, I oh, honestly think boredom is the root of all evil. There you have it. So your friend who keeps going back to the same person who has poo in their bum cheeks, yeah. lives on the floor with half a mattress, yes. has rats as friends. Yep. That can be... And I also do believe I'm really mindful of I just feel like we're all wet paint. And so mm. your shit will stick on me, hey? Yeah. And I, I just think we should all be ma- like mindful of our energy, but also the energy yeah. we've surrounded ourselves with because it says something about us too. Yeah, I think it varies. I think there's no right answer for something like this. I think you know your limit. And once <sighs> yeah, your limit, man. I think it ultimately just comes down to the fact that you cannot perform a friendship forever. Like at some point... If you really are over it, you're over it. Like, what what can you do? You know? That's, a, yeah. As harsh as that sounds, what can you do? That's so interesting. I'm I'm just interested that so many that this is literally the pain point for everybody. Yeah. Okay. And everyone said also breakup stories. People are fed up with breakup stories, I'm relationship dead. troubles. Um. Okay. Let's talk about this. Somebody wants to doesn't know whether they should distance themselves from a friend because that Ooh, friend... Ooh, I'm in this situation too. Ooh, because that yeah. friend slept with their ex. Oh, okay. Spicy. What do you think about girl code? I know Flex and I have had this debate. Yeah, Nyak and I did too. It was yeah. explosive. I think... Oh yeah, I think me and Nyak were on the same page and you and Flex were on the same page. It's really complicated. Yeah. Um, I would suggest to this person, what's helped me complicate romance a bit more, because mm. it is complicated, and to like, kind of depersonalize it, is reading The Course of Love by Alain de Botton. Yeah. And also, um, Where Do We Go From Here by Esther Perel. Mm. Just understanding how much we, just how much we center ourselves in ways we shouldn't, and how much people's actions have nothing to do with us, even yeah. though they love us. Yeah. And a lot of the time we think, you love me, so why did you do X? Mm. And I think this question about the X, it's hard. For I me, think, it's a red flag, though. 
to me, that's... Yeah, I mean, it's twofold. Yeah. I think yeah. it's odd that you have ownership over your ex. But odd, everyone does, first of all. So it's odd that everyone does. But I also... I think that's, that's what the, the root of this problem is. What's the root of the problem? So I think it's... You know that I'm... Wait, let me get closer. <laughs> get a call. You're yes. almost ready. Let me, let me get closer. So let me... Let's make this a you and I thing. Okay, so let's okay. say I sleep with your ex. If I know that you have feelings for your ex, why would I do something that I know would hurt you? Am I not a psychopath for doing that? It's not even about the fact that this could be anything. If you tell me you're allergic to honey and I put honey in your tea, okay, that's a different that's no, a different one. But it's it's really it just boils down to the fact that I'm doing something that I know will hurt you because I prioritize my pleasure, my transient pleasure over your pain. That's made okay, there are a lot of assumptions there though. What? How? The assumption first is that okay. Let's assume you don't have feelings for your ex. Let's take let's take a hi- let's take a hypothetical ex. Let's but who breaks up with someone and then okay? Oh, well, let's okay, think, is let's think of like, some of your exes. Yeah. way back. Okay, if you yeah. like, if I Mukundwa got with one of them, yeah, is that un- is that odd as fuck? Well, I think by now, the last time I had an ex was a year ago. Mm. So, I mean, there aren't any feelings there. But so is if that I okay, had, or is that still weird? It's weird, but it's not hurtful. I I would find you do du- I'd find it dubious because then I'm thinking so when I was together with my ex like were you plotting mm. were you waiting to like jump your prey and then there's also the factor that like I met my ex through you so then I'm like you know what I mean like there would be yeah, there'd yeah, be a yeah, couple yeah. of things Layers. that would like complicate the issue so I think in this case specifically with you and I I would be dubious but I wouldn't be hurt only because I don't have feelings for my ex anymore but if a week after I broke up with my ex, or a month after, then you sleep with him. We're gonna fight. I just don't think that's often we're what the fight. case is, Bobo. Is that you break up and it's often like six months to a year, yeah, and then your friend gets with your ex. But even then, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't the considerate thing to do would be to be like, "Hey, I've honestly developed feelings. Like, why mm. do something behind my back?" Also, like, there's so yeah. many things that make this complicated. And they shady. are. I think more than anything. Okay, if truly it's the it was lying. Me, it's firstly the lying and the, the the lack of consideration that is, which ha- really has nothing to do with ownership, but has everything to do with the core tenets of a functioning relationship. No. Don't that, you think you're lying to, like, if I if, do something behind your but back, But you I'm chose for him to, to be your ex. If you've let go of him, yeah. how is it fair for you to put a boundary on who I can be with? If you... It's, it's, not, it's not a boundary there, but it's just about being considered. Of course, you can ultimately consider my so, feelings. So you're getting your pussy absolutely hammered <laughs> in. And me, I think your ex, we get along. Uh, you know yeah, what I don't but it's like? It's just about like voicing. Like why also do it behind my... Surely you're it's doing behind it behind your my back. back. It's your ex. That's not your business. You can't it's have not ownership. It's not my business. Not at all. That was, that's your part. But look, this is okay. theory. This yeah. is not... I, honestly, yeah. this is not how I'd react. But this okay, is my counter argument. Okay. Oh, emotionally. I think more than anything, if I was in a vacuum, right? If I was raised in the in the wild, yeah. I don't think I'd have a problem with it. I think I'd be much more utilitarian. <laughs> but because... All our lives, we've been told that is a no-go, going with somebody's ex. That's just, a, I can't think out of that framework. I'm too emotionally invested. But I think society let's think supports me to be upset about it. But I think, okay, let's use an, because to me, it really just comes down to cons- just being a considerate bitch. It's like, yes. even if you're not my friend, but I know you, like, we don't need to be best friends, but let's say, like, I met you a month ago, and then I find out, 
that the guy I've gone on two dates with is actually your ex. I'm going to bring it up to you because I don't want you to find out from the, the woods that this person that I've been hanging out with for a month actually has been sleeping I with my I actually have this problem with friends. Yeah. So for me, for example, like I, I mix my... Yeah. But I have this problem. So I think it might be easier for us to... Um, let's, if we move from romance, yeah. I like to mix my friendship groups. So mm. if I know one of my friends is in your city or, and they're a good friend of mine and I know you'll all get along, yeah. please link up. Yeah. And I've had this issue where I found out that some of my friends yeah. are much closer than I thought they were. And sometimes my immediate reaction is, oh gosh, like, I don't know about that. Like I, why wasn't I included or like given the memo? Like you, you Bobo and you whoever are my best friends and yeah. now you guys are best friends like and I wasn't there oh and I think is that hurtful though but that's the thing and that's what I asked myself why would I be well what's concerning is it that I'm threatened I guess it's the fear yeah it's the fear that you're gonna lose both of them yeah lose both of them what's so funny that what's the joke yeah that I don't know about I yeah. was the person who connected you guys I should yeah. still be in there a little bit of ownership like I found a good thing and you guys are mine like I found you guys you guys are gems and I yeah. found them I mind yeah. them go find your own friends so how is it that like emotional the insecurity and like the lack mentality and also just the if we really like devoid it of emotions it's unreasonable to to not expect people to connect so now if I put that yeah. situation back to romance no, I, my answer yeah. is I would probably distance myself from you and my ex. Yeah. But more than that, I'm so curious about why that bothered me so much. And I would want to understand that. I think that. that makes a lot of sense why you're bothered. Doesn't it make... Wait, how does it not make we, sense that I'm bothered that my best friends are now all best friends? No, it makes sense too. I think both make sense. What? But I don't think either are wrong is what I'm saying. So it's, again, in this situation, it's not that you can't sleep with my ex. It's about the fact that you weren't considerate of how that would affect my feelings, our dynamic. I think so the issue you is that it shouldn't, you shouldn't have feelings about it. How? That's a, but we're not robots. Exactly. That's So impossible. more than anything, I would say to you, sure, but, but so knowing that, that we're that, not you robots. need to interrogate you. But no, I, no, no. You need it's to interrogate your human condition. You need to... You need to realize that because we're not robots, mm. we're going to like okay, feelings okay. are okay, never. So, so you're rational. saying not vacuum. You're saying listen, reality how it is on the ground. Yeah. Regardless of where this comes from, it is what it is. So act from that point, knowing I'll be upset. Don't. So you're asking me not to hope the best case scenario, which is that I would have no emotions because that's yeah, not real. Yeah, that's impossible. So what should this person do then? They want to distance themselves. I think just. I mean, I mean, if they if want you're to, in they pain, should. You're in pain. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think ultimately, I think a lot of times we expect for feelings and emotions to be rational, mm. but when have they ever been? That's not what they're designed for. You okay. know what I mean? Like yeah. humans are complex and intricate beings. So, yeah. Just, because you don't know how someone's going to react, it's better to just be on the safe side. Like, why step on toes when you don't have to? So again, it's saying. not about being right, but about yeah, being considerate. Just, exactly. Yeah. Someone said that they don't they don't enjoy dealing with their friends' depression, but they also want to be there for them. So it's mm. like... Complicated. Ooh. Well, how do you feel about that one? I think... This is what really confuses me. Like now yeah. at our big ages, we're dealing with our own mental health and our friend's mental health. Mm. And I just wonder where was it before? Like, I just don't recall. We have the language now. Mm. And so this is, I honestly feel like the first generation for a community to rally around somebody in their mental health yeah. before you'd kind of just, just die with it. Yeah. And so yeah. I just, it's so complicated, especially mm. in a, in a, 
society that commodifies and quantifies relationships and that okay you have yeah. depression so you're going to be taking 10 units of my emotional labor but you <laughs> yeah, can only give me one yeah. and a half units and that's it's so hard to get away from that thinking so it's interesting. it's interesting because i think love is part of love is suffering yes and like it's part inconvenient right yeah. yeah yeah like you your family member gets cancer. Yeah, it's not fun to yeah. be in a hospital 10 hours a day bringing sandwiches. But you sandwiches. love that bitch. You yeah. have to do it. It's yeah. not fun. Yeah. And so I'm also coming to terms with like, love doesn't have to be fun. And it does, love it isn't never, feeling yeah. good. It's Thank That's you. not the, that's yeah. not the concern about love. It's not feeling good. Thank you. It's, yeah. It's undulations of emotions and experiences. Yeah. So. And it's just accepting that that's. And accepting that you won't get that return on investment back. Like, yeah, yeah, you really will not. Like, if your friend has depression, please just know. Just know, literally. You, it, you're just not going to. And, like, to expect that is what will drive you mad. Yeah. I mean, we had a really interesting debate happen in our, our Facebook group. Uh-huh. So someone posted this. They reposted this post from Instagram that was saying, I'm not a bad friend just because I have depression and sometimes I'm flaky. Like, it's up to you as my friend to understand and realize that like I have depression. Mm. You might invite me out and I might just not have the energy the day, you know, the time when the time comes around, I just won't have the energy. I might just be flaky. I might be a terrible person to be around. I'm not a bad friend for that. Like understand that I have depression. And so someone posted to the group and said, what do you guys think of this post? Is she being a mm, bad friend mm. or is this realistic? Like, what do we think? And there were two, it was a pretty polarizing discussion mm. where on one hand, people were like, well, yeah, having depression is fucking debilitating and it's tiring. And you as someone's friend, as the friend of someone who has depression has to be mindful and considerate of the fact that they're going to be flaky. They're going to be terrible to be around sometimes but that's just part of being a friendship and then and then there's another argument that was like no you take responsibility for your illness mm. you know you have depression yeah. and that doesn't give you the right or the free pass to be a shitty person so what do you think of both are entirely true for me mm. both i agree with that um, accountability has to exist on all or has to it just does exist on all levels yeah and i'd like to hear folks who um, have mental illness or neurotypical discussing what accountability looks like for each other. Yeah. So let's say two friends who have depression. How do you both hold each other accountable? I think, like, yeah. As somebody who doesn't have it, mm. I'd like to be informed by what how, by systems that folks who do yeah. operate within. I, I can't so say. I, me... I can't dictate the standards because I do yeah, not, not have that uh, affliction. Yeah, you don't have that. But mm. there needs to be... I, 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 want to, I want to know that folks with mental illness... Um, who have fo- friends who have mental illness yeah. have accountability systems. I mean, I think for me, so I'm someone who A, has depression like 90% of the time mm. and then has quite a few friends who have depression. Are you high functioning? I think I am, but I also wonder, that's the thing. Again, I'm the type of person that I don't require much from people. Mm. And I don't know if that's natural or if that's learned. You know, like I don't know if that's like, Mind something you, you moved developed. around all the time. Like, who could you depend yeah, on? Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So something I just developed over time as a function of my lifestyle. Yeah. And so I think for me, while 90% of the time, I'm like, I have zero serotonin. Like, bitch, 
literally gone. 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 Yeah, where is she? But I also don't... I very much... If I said I'm going to do something, then I'm just going to do it. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I also now know. Do you think that's fair to yourself? Like, do you think you've well, actually that's the been thing is that, Well, no, but that's the thing is that I know, because I know how I am, and I know that, like, if you invite me to a party, and I know that there's a 90% chance I'll just be severely depressed the time the party comes around, I can decide the moment you invite me whether to say yes, no, or Honestly, it just depends on how I'm going to be feeling. You know what I mean? It's about just like, I feel like I'm quite high functioning because I'm very self-aware about how my depression affects my day-to-day life and my friendships, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's what people are asking for. Yeah, which is why I also don't think I'm willing to give someone a free pass just because you have depression to be a shitty and considerate person. I think that's what people are asking for. Is but that, I, I don't know that everyone has the range to be high functioning. Is is no, where it gets no, complicated they don't. for me. And, and that's yeah. hard. If you only have the capacity to see to hang out once in a month and yeah. you have 30 friends yeah. and you have to decide between a work function, that's complex. Right. I think more than anything is people are afraid. Okay, I'm afraid mm. of having these conversations with my friends who are neurotypical or have mental illness. Yeah. Because it Why? Why are you afraid? Because it feels like a taboo to argue and like negotiate the boundaries of your capacity to be like mm. okay so i know you have mental illness and you can see some once a week but like what so what where can, where do i fit in it's something i'm getting oh, used to and i'm okay. understanding that it's the loving thing to do for me and my friends is to break that stigma of like again let's handle you with gloves you have Ill- mental illness yeah we're not going to talk about it we're going to act like it doesn't exist um as long as you like you're the only person who can bring it up yeah. i can't tell you how it affects me as somebody who Ha, who I think has you no? Can. No, I can, but mm. I think it's about like we have to learn that folks who don't have any conditions mm. or any illnesses need to learn and introduce that you know this is part of your life, so it's part yeah. of our relationship. Yeah. So let's discuss it. Let's navigate it. Yeah. It's okay for us to fight and disagree and be upset. Yeah. And I know that's like shitty, and I know especially because like I don't have the same, um, like debilitating experience but it still needs to be discussed so i think we're getting there where we're normalizing the discussion it's just happening in pockets often so like folks with mental health illnesses will have those tweets and be like just uh, exasperated and tired yeah that folks who don't don't understand but where's like the intersection where we're saying I actually don't understand. I know it's annoying to teach me, yeah. but I need to be taught yeah. because like, I'm in your I mean, community. I don't agree with the whole, um, I don't owe, I'm black and I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. have time don't to teach. teach white people. I don't agree with that at all. So, so people might say that, but I don't think it's conducive to progress. I think if I'm, if I'm black and you're my white friend, there's going to be an element of teaching. Like yeah. part of love is teaching and learning. I think like, We've really fucked up relationships by framing them as these things that are boundlessly perfect and blissful all the time. Relationships are both bliss and suffering. They're both teaching and learning. Mm. They're both emotional labor and non-emotional labor. Like they're they're all encompassing. And until you just accept the the full spectrum that comes with emotions and that is both yeah. heaven hell and everything in between like how can you have any functioning Absolutely. relationship i love that bobo and i think it's also about like people who don't so 
if you don't have a mental illness, mm-hmm. is knowing that there's you have to still make room for you in that relationship, even yeah. though your friend has the affliction. Yeah. And it's like, so I have a friend who has suicidal tendencies. I don't know if it's, dep- I don't know, but they have yeah. suicidal ideations. Yeah. And so they told me and I was like, listen, I don't do well. I, if you ever came to me and said you wanted to commit suicide. Yeah. Personally, I don't, I, I've never known how to deal with friends with mental illness. And yeah. I also wouldn't tell you not to, mm. because I don't, I'm still thinking about my ideas around um, killing yourself. So you need to tell me what do you expect from me? What do I need? Explain to me what support you need because I will never be able to intuit it. And if you came to me hoping I'd stop you, I'm not the one. Like you're going, you're you're off. You're off the planet that day. So, and then they explained to me, this is how it happens. I actually don't want to die. So when I say it, just know it's a a brain distortion. This is what I need from you. This is how you need to behave. So I've gotten a handbook now and I made room for myself to be like, you need, I know you're the one with the affliction, but you need to teach me like, because I'll be frustrated and you'll end up dead because I'm not about to. I don't, I can't intuit your needs. So maybe it's also about us. It's really mature. Yeah. It was. And like, there's a friendship. I, if I had done this with my other friendships, they just wouldn't have been ruined. If I had said, Mukundwa, I have to make space. I have to stop feeling guilty that I feel like a victim of your mental health. Right. Because I feel silenced. I have to be yes. comfortable saying, I can be irritable about your mental health mm. because I'm a human. And like, I center myself. And like, let's discuss. Let's even yeah. argue. You know where I struggle with this? Um, so I have a friend too, who mm. every now and then is really suicidal. Mm. And so, but she, so... For me, I'm generally, like, depressed all the time. But with her, she's... She'll be depressed for a day and then for, like, five days be, like, blissfully happy. You know what I mean? Like, for her, it comes in pockets and waves. Yeah. And so... Yeah, if you say to me, I'm really suicidal because my movie made less than $10 million. Mm -hmm. Like, my movie grossed Mm. less than $50 I actually don't know what to say to you. Like, I don't know how to be... Because you're coming to me, a bitch who doesn't... I'm not a millionaire. I'm not rich. I I don't have a... Like, I don't have a career. And I'm depressed. Like, I'm so far away from your problems that think, it almost yeah. feels... Like, Is I don't it know, it almost feels offensive. <laughs> yeah, I always feel like, wait, are you doing this on purpose? Like, are Yeah, you, like, are you joking? Yeah. I feel like it's twofold. I feel yeah. like on one hand context of how small our issues are is always so refreshing yeah for anybody but i also don't believe i i genuinely don't believe any issue is yeah it's, harder or yeah i agree I, i'll that. say yeah. like publicly I'll, I'll say it i'll be like yeah no 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 these this are prob- people problems yeah that problem's yeah. worse than that problem because i know that gets the crowd going and that's a comforting yeah people are comforted knowing that their problems are worse than other people's yeah, yeah so i will say it but my true belief is honestly a rich white girl problem is just as bad as an impoverished brown person's problem. I really struggle with... I know conceptually that that's true, but I struggle to grapple with that experientially. Mm, and I struggle yeah. to navigate that with my friends. Yeah, experientially, that's the truth. Yeah, because I'm like, you you are a millionaire. Your career is flourishing. This one small, small, inconsequential career problem that's making you suicidal is actually in the grand sch- scheme of things not even a problem but especially in comparison to my life you know like if I went to a homeless person and I was like oh I couldn't afford the house in Malibu now I have to settle for the house in Beverly Hills am I the clown and I'm genuinely depressed over that am I the clown for going to the homeless person 
Or is the homeless person the clown for not being considerate? <laughs> like, <laughs> but will you frame this so I can get dragged? For oh, look, listen. <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, how do you deal with your I friends' do. rich people problems when you well, don't have... Well, they're your friends. Yeah. So there's a level of accountability knowing that, like, these are your friends and you partly pick them. Yeah, yeah. And they come with their problems. Wait, but if when you pick them, you guys were on the same level. But that's okay. That's what I don't like. like uh, no, no, it's not Oppression Olympics. That's not what you're saying. Yeah, no, okay. no, no, yeah. We live in a world where there are intersections. And if we're not going to acknowledge that the Hollywood person's problem... Oh, if... I think it's important to yeah. give them the same gravitas in terms of our our compassion. Mm. And I don't think it has to come from Bobo. Someone yeah. else, hopefully, in their circle can give it give that to them. Mm. Um, that's where I'd say for you, like, you don't have to be the one to provide that. Surely there are other friends who in Hollywood can. But that's what I mean in that, like, like even I have friends. So I have friends who make a lot less than me mm. and, like really are struggling materially a lot more than me so when i have material problems i don't go to them because i know it's gonna make them feel shitty yeah that's considerate so is your friend inconsiderate well that's what i'm trying i don't know if they because for them they're big they're small small problem to me their problem is small small but it's as big as my biggest problem is to me and so i wonder if they're being inconsiderate or if I'm the one who's lacking empathy or if it's just both, you know what I mean? Cause I'm not like, I'm not going to go to my friend who no, that's like has, is it she like, must be. I mean, if they're, especially yeah. if they're in entertainment, there's a level of self absorption. You kind of yeah. need to have, or it's like, if you have severe acne yeah, and then I have three pimples pop up and I come to you talking about, I feel so ugly. Or like, am I inconsiderate or are you as my yes. friend? expected to be there for but me. But actually some people do that as a way to gratify themselves. Like I had a friend yeah. who was half the size of you and yeah. it'd be like, do you want to borrow a bra? I just... Sorry. <laughs> I hate I that. I honestly, the... no, I made up my... I hate that. No, I sh- it's Yeah, I actually should have strangled her. You should, no, you so should have I'm, I'm the fool. I'm yeah. the clown for not um, breaking her ankles. You should have beat her. Yeah, I just think when, throw people, hands. when people do that, I don't know. I think... It's a lot to do with them. Um, mm. Wouldn't you be curious to ask them why they do that? To be like, you can see. I don't this think is they. Can, I think we're assuming that they're self-aware. But you should. Ask, why don't you ask and find out? Because wouldn't they be offended? Like, is, wouldn't that be offensive? Like, if I said to you, <laughs> Mukunda, <laughs> I said to you, Mukunda, don't you think your problems are inconsequential and insignificant? Like, are you? Wouldn't you be offended? Like, wouldn't you be mad at me and be like, why don't you just fake the concern? I do. You just send emojis. Oh, babe. Yeah, I just send you. But I'm like, you know, it's like when you scream, like when you write, I'm screaming, but really you're, you're not just screaming like at sitting all. in your bed. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I think you have to weigh that up. I think that's odd to me. I'm trying to think. Do I have a friend who could ever do that? Yeah. I even have a friend who I thought this was the most considerate thing in the world. Mm. She was like, oh. um... <laughs> we're all going to die. Climate change is coming. And I was like, fuck, what are you going to do? And she's like, honestly, my family has a lot of money. So I'm like really safe. I <laughs> yeah. actually meant you guys are going to die. I'm no, I love and that. And I was energy. like, thank you. No, I love thank that. Thank you energy. for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think, look, if this was me, I would, I would address it. I personally yeah. can't live. Can't I think live you like really that. don't mind living in, in pain and torture, but like you really tolerate a lot. I do, I think I'm so you, scared of hurting people. Like my fear oh. of hurting people 
overrides everything. Oh, okay. It really... Like, I think when it comes down to it, I'd rather suffer than other people. I don't know why I'm like this, but I really... Like, I'd just rather be the one So suffering. if I gave you a gun and it was like, <laughs> you either have to shoot Donald or Trump you. or yourself. I'd shoot myself. No, like genuinely. Or even if I shot Donald, then I'd shoot myself you after. Because then I have the to bullets. live. Yeah. We're both <laughs> either. I die or, or we, we both, both die. die. Yeah. No, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just that. Which I don't know. Like. Oh, that's a hard one. Yeah. It's so a maybe hard let's one. let people weigh in. Like, yeah, I'd like how to do know. you guys deal with your. And actually, I'm going to ask people problems. on my Instagram how do you deal with your friends' um, rich people problems? I wonder who's centering who, like, are you, you're right. Now I'm actually as confused as you, like, you know I mean? are you centering yourself in what's supposed to not be about you? Yeah. She's asked you to engage in her. Literally. Or is she being entirely selfish I by not considering? I can't get it at all. <laughs> Confusing. Because on one hand, I also have another friend who is infinitely more rich and more famous. This, But he never comes to me with his Hollywood problems. He's thoughtful. Because I think... He's probably just being thoughtful. He's like, oh, no, you're a peasant, so let me not make you... So your friend's probably like just a little bit of a narcissist. Maybe. Just a little. But you need... And I think you need it to be an entertainer. Like, how do you survive? Who's more tortured? Your friend who's an empath, the man, or this other person who's like not really aware? It's interesting. Dilemmas. Yeah, let's get into them. One of my oldest and best friends is very slow to tell me anything, if at all. It took her three weeks to tell me she had been dumped from a very long-term relationship. Oh, that can be hurtful. I can't help but feel wounded by this. She's somewhat private, but I'm concerned that she is trying to go through all these things mainly alone or with her family. Should I be taking this personally? I know I would tell her immediately if anything happened in my own relationship. Mm. And second... Should I confront her about this or take her actions as redefining what her expectations are for our friendship? I don't want to fight while she's still licking her wounds. Ooh, I think that one is complex. Do you take it personally when people don't share? It depends how close I think we are. You know what I mean? But I also think, um, like, I can be really good friends with you, but think, oh, you won't care about that. So why should I tell you? You know, whereas you might think where you might see that as, but why didn't you tell me that? I thought we were best friends. So I think it's, it's, it's complicated in that way. Yeah. I think I'm like this friend. I'm like the one who takes ages to tell their friends anything. Yeah. Why, I is, really, that, why is that for you? Well, number one, I like to manage the energy around a problem. Mm. So I don't often, sometimes I don't like input because yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm the same, yeah. Yeah, because either I know I'm making a dumb bitch decision and I want to mm, be left in peace or yeah. because I just, it's so delicate, I need to like preserve my energy around it. Yeah. Um, Number two, I don't see the importance or urgency in telling anyone anything in real time. Yeah. And number three, that's not how, that's not how I measure my love or or intimacy is by communicating. Mm. But I'm also noticing, as we said in the last episode, a lot of people, it's very normal, it seems, to measure intimacy by what we reveal and share. Yes, and yeah. that's why, like, re- romantic relationships, we people show their ugly sides and yeah. their pathetic sides and yeah. their, like, petulant sides. And then it goes up in stages. Yeah. And so that's why that's assumed to be one of the most intimate relationships. So I understand your concern, um, I think it might be worth learning your friend. Like mm. I, I'm doing this thing of forcing myself to tell my friends problems because 
again, more than being right. I need right, to do that too, yeah. Yeah, I realize that is a human that's actually more normal than not to yeah. share. Yeah. And to like crowdsource information and like concern. That's Shit. true. But I think this is also so complicated by the fact that I didn't realize that people found problem solving burdensome. No, and now that I. Burdensome? As in, like, you know, now there's all of this conversation around emotional labor. Yeah. Oh. I never thought of problem solving as emotional labor or burdensome before this became a thing it's complicated because now we have this dilemma someone's saying why didn't you tell me about my breakup but then every other dilemma we had in the last episode was everyone complaining about dealing with boyfriend exactly so so now i'm i feel even as an individual that i'm a lot more i'm a lot more wary of sharing my problems because i just think everyone I feel I've decided that everyone will think I'm burdening them because I I was like, oh, I didn't realize people thought friends <laughs> could be burdensome. So then I'm thinking, well, am I a burden? So now I don't tell anyone anything. Do you know what I mean? Sis, three weeks is a long time, isn't it? Yeah, but I... Mean, I three, I, a week, max. Yeah. Three weeks is a long... 20, that's working days. Yeah, no, literally. If that's working days, that's a month. No, like, yeah, I also think it depends on, is this someone who used to tell you things a lot and now they don't? They're best friends. One of my oldest and best friends. Okay, look, I I can also I can identify from this message because they're like, should I be taking this personally? Should I take this as a a sign that we're redefining our relationship? Mm. This person's clearly so hurt. So the easiest thing and the most painful thing to do is to ask your friend, why didn't you share? Yeah, yeah. And it's the easiest way to get your answer and the most painful. But you also have to tell them, I feel unloved when you don't share with me because it contextualizes what, otherwise they'll just take it as an attack. Yeah. You have to share what it means. Yeah. It's really interesting. So I, yeah, I'm sure you won't mind me sharing. So (laughs) it's so interesting learning and understanding like where people's, why people feel the way they feel like yeah. not the not the immediate response but the why which goes back to our conversation about why is it so damaging to sleep with a friend's ex yeah so um we had a a cleaning rotor in the house yeah very simple you know I, i'm a bean counter so it's simple yeah. if i mop you mop simple yeah and yak didn't want to do it i didn't <laughs> want to do it um or it was just difficult for her yeah and so we argued a lot because for me i was like why are you being an inconsiderate person this is the most rationable reasonable yeah like governmental structure (laughs) is we all do the same thing and then she explained when i get to it slower than you i feel like a failure because it's one more thing i can't do Mm. and like there's this theme i just feel like i'm failing and that's such a scary feeling it's not to do with mopping it's to do with being a failure oh my god and when i understood it has nothing to do with the mopping it has to do with this deep-seated insecurity we can be there for people because we understand that it's never about the thing it's about the child within us yes and so ask your friend why they didn't tell us it could be i was ashamed it could be i was embarrassed yeah i didn't want criticism or judgment there's so many reasons that have probably nothing to do with you and you'll be able both of you will be able to empathize so much more from her hearing it makes me feel unloved and pushed away when you don't share and her saying i was scared to be judged because i feel insecure yeah so i think like that can be scary, but I think that's a good practice in no, friendships. No, it, it, it is. It's actually like a, a, 
my boyfriend and I, we've decided on a format for how to fight. Okay. Which is, we start with, we don't start with, you did this and I'm mad at you. It starts with, I feel this, like, I feel unloved okay. when you do this. You get or straight. I, yeah, we just get straight to, like, the core feeling of, like, why am I crying right I now? Like, why that. am I? Because then you don't pick on whose reality was the real exactly. one. Exactly. It because doesn't, it doesn't matter who was right. Wow. We're just dealing with emotions now. We're not dealing with facts. We're not dealing with any of that. We just deal with the core emotion. So in the beginning, we used to fight a lot about... Um, just wow. like, yeah, like forgetful or not forget, like lateness or like, I wouldn't call it like making plans. Like we'd make a plan to do this and then maybe he'd switch up last minute or like he'd postpone or he'd be an hour or whatever it was. Yeah. And it would always turn into this explosive, explosive fight where he wouldn't understand why I would think something as banal mm. as being, as having to postpone by an hour would make me so mad. Mm. And then... I wouldn't understand why he'd think that's okay. And then it just really boiled down to the fact that I feel unloved. I I feel like an afterthought. Or I feel like unloved when you don't prioritize the plan that we made. Do you get what I mean? And so just going straight... Oh, he was just like, I honestly had never seen it that way. Okay. Like, I would have... And then when he heard it, he's like, honestly? Yeah, like, I just... Doable. Time is doable. Yeah, like, actually, now I know that if I'm gonna be... I'm gonna plan my days better, like, structuring my days will avoid all of this. And we I haven't had that. this... We have never had the problem again. But that's why you go on about being... You talk a lot about there's no risk in being vulnerable and there's only reward. Yeah. Because... When we understand how, when we understand like why people are motivated to feel the way they feel, it is so easy. It it takes no effort to make the switch. Literally. Because if you know to leave a teaspoon in the sink, make someone (laughs) spiral (laughs) because they suffered a civil war, like (laughs) you're about, you are going to clean the teaspoon. Exactly. It's so simple when you contextualize. But But when you like attack or when you come when you assume because we always assume malintent when something makes us feel bad yeah like you did I this assume, too yeah i you were late because you hate me mm. or you were late because you don't respect me when really he's just late because he's just a really disorganized person and like to him like he hasn't had to work on how to structure his days or yeah. whatever how to structure his life because it's never affected anyone else and so up until now, he's never had to think about, I love that. you know, something like that. So we need to learn how to fight and to take yeah. the fight from the surface level to what to it like really the means. subsurface. Yeah, you love know what it. I mean? Love, love, love. And I'm going to link the book, The Course of Love, again, by Alain de Botton, because yeah. it talks oh, a lot to... about... Really? Oh my, don't don't ruin it. I'm I about won't. to read it next But it's week. reasons behind reasons. Oh, like understanding yeah. reasons behind reasons. And then the final dilemma is a long one Mm. i have a friend i made on a six-month exchange to the u.s he's a very intelligent academic type but is he's quite nomadic due to his career he's had a difficult life and has no real family to rely on and is moving about has left him with very few people he can rely on if any he was a great help to me so i've promised to be someone he can rely on despite living very far apart For the past year, he's been deeply and dangerously depressed. I've been speaking with him on the phone every weekday, helping him schedule his days and plan for an escape plan for his current situation. Mm. Most of the time, he's really considerate and proactive. But sometimes, 
Sometimes the calls are intensely distressing and I find it really difficult to not let it dictate my whole day. I don't want to stop helping him because I think that would be against the type of person I'm trying to be. And I really think he'd be in a far worse position if he didn't have my help. The question is, how do I get better at controlling my emotional response to these calls and leave his issues on the phone call? Mm. I don't want to carry the stuff with me and I'm afraid my desire to be an asset to the people in my life might be morphing into some weird codependency issue. Ooh. I think we all, this is important for all of us. Yeah. Because all of us, all of us, I'll say this already, just as women, we've all got friends who've been sexually assaulted. Yeah. If not half, oh, if not yeah. most. Everyone, yeah. Right? And that's traumatic. Yeah. And we often deal with, deal with that, like yeah. with our friends. How do you be there and leave it at the door? People study their whole lives to be able to leave things at the door. What do you mean by how do you be there? Oh, as in like, how do you be there for your friend like a therapist. and not carry that Yeah, like you? once the phone call ends, once they leave your house yeah. to switch. That's you know, I'm very good at that. Really? I've never, yeah, I've never struggled with carrying people's burdens. But do you think you internalize think is... them to begin with that anyway? No, I think I have, I can help you with your problem, but why would it now be mine? I've actually <laughs> never like understood... But I also think that's why um, friendships aren't laborious for me because I don't carry anything. There's no transference. Yeah, there's no. Wow. So I actually want to know why you guys transfer or carry. How could you not? How I just don't understand how I could tell you I've been, I'm depressed or I've been raped, and for me not to collapse. As in, like, how how would I not collapse? No, yeah, like myself. So that's why I'm quite avoidant. I'm really mindful of friends I have who have mental health issues, of anything, of movies, of the news. Because how can I learn that someone was bombed and their kids died and not feel heart-wrenching? It's, like, really impossible. No, you do feel sad. But then, like, once you you walk out the door, I don't know, I, I guess it just comes from a... Who does it help if now the both of us are... But I guess that's not something you can control. Yeah, I feel like you're right. I just experientially have never experienced... Yeah. It It feels... I feel like it's cold. Yeah. I know it's not. I know it's the right way to behave. Your way. I've just never been able to experience that. So I'd mm. really... Wow. How do you do that? Okay, well, how do you... So you don't even try. You just... It is what it is for you. Yeah. No, I can definitely... I can sympathize. I can empathize. But I I don't carry it home with me. Do you know what I mean? How? Wait. I don't get I how you guys do. Like, I, I want to know. I had okay, a friend like okay, this. Okay, let's, um, let's role play. So I tell you... I'm so suicidal Mm. and i want to jump off a bridge today like i'm on my way okay no let me not make it that dramatic if i tell you today how can you be happy knowing people are suffering is what they're they're asking oh i'm not no i'm not well i'm never i guess i guess my baseline already like, I already know everyone is suffering. Like, oh, nothing so you've, is new. You've been, you've been existing like this. Yeah. Like, so it's just different flavors. New. Yeah. I already know everyone. So I guess... Oh, that's interesting. Do you think you approach... So I think when I meet someone, or even if I'm passing someone, or if it's a customer service, I'm buying... I'm at the grocery store, the person who's checking me out. I already... I've assumed that you're holding on by a thread. I've assumed okay. that you... 
I already I know that life is suffering. Everyone's on these streets. See, I'm surprised by on. suffering. Really? Every time I read about it, I'm I'm surprised I'm when people shaken. are happy. I'm like, wait, so you this is your equilibrium. Me and Bobo are both looking at each other like <laughs> how sway. That meme of Naomi Campbell and Jessica. <laughs> no, literally. Like, wait, are you serious? Yeah, I I'm really always surprised. Suffering. I cried all the time. yesterday. My mom told me a security guard at her work got fired because his pants were dirty, <laughs> and I just started crying. I oh, couldn't to, believe it. Really? And I thought, That's if this annoying. is how I'm behaving, I know. And she was just looking at me. <laughs> you know what? Like you that meme. What's that meme of the got... person crying? Of that Real Housewives meme of no, the man watching that woman crying. And I realized, I was like, Mukundwa, if I'm crying because one person got fired, How do I know that in? whole communities li- like, yeah, this is happening to everyone all the time. Every second of the day. And you I know, have- like 25,000 people a day die of hunger. Like, no, I people can't. are out. But that's why I remember when Trump got elected. <laughs> Bobo was like, Bobo was Peppa Pig. Just no, literally, I was... I remember that day I was, I was, I used to work at the time I was working at this tech company and I remember, um, I remember just debating cause everyone was like, no, Hillary's even got, Hillary's got this in the bag. Like I was like, guys, why would you think Hillary's going to win? Like there's absolutely, she has a zero chance of winning. Like, why would you guys think this? And I remember the morning going to my job And there were these two white women who sat in front of me. Like one of them was my manager Uh and she was in tears. And I just, I remember asking her like, why are you, are you crying because you're surprised? Are you crying because like, explain to me like where the sadness comes from. And she was just like, I just can't believe that we could vote in a monster like Donald Trump. And I'm like, but have you met people? Like, don't you, didn't you think... Knowing how the vast majority of people are in the world, how would Trump not win the election? So you live constantly with the awareness. Yeah, I also went to business school where I remember being in a in this economics class where we were talking about different economic models over time. Yeah. And the teacher asking, like, what do you guys think would be the most efficient and the most effective economic system, like in your utopian world? Yeah. And this guy shot up his hand and was like, slavery. And everyone just laughed. And I just... He meant it. No, he, with his whole full chest, was just like, slavery. And I think, I think when you live in like a bubble, or it's so easy for us to live in bubbles, like your Facebook feed is just liberals. Your you, The pages you follow on Instagram is just liberals. So it's really easy to think that the world is improving. Mm. But as soon as you step outside of that, I think by force, I've just been forced to be around the antithesis of all of my belief systems. So I think I have a, a, a relatively balanced view of like where people's minds are at. Also because I just ask, because I'm not like people know me to not be judgmental. So people are very comfortable like DMing me to be like, hey, like I really want to kill my mom. Like, what do you think? You know mm. what I'm like? People, people around me are very open to tell me anything because they know I won't judge them. So I think I have a pretty, a fairly balanced view of how people yeah. are like. And because of that, suffering or cruelty. As much as it infuriates me, because I'm always arguing with people who defend Jeff Bezos, 
as much as it infuriates me, I also know it's the norm. Mm. But I also, if cruelty wasn't the norm, then how would capitalism have gone on for this long? Like, So then we're all lying to ourselves. The yeah. reason why all of us are happy to live so long is because we pretend cruelty doesn't exist, even yeah. though we're living in it, and yeah. even though we, we exercise it. Yeah. And it's what I was talking to you earlier about how like the world would be so much easier if we were all honest with ourselves. And we're just like, I'd prefer slavery. Yeah, I'd I prefer not, slavery. So let's just I fight want it to out. die. Yeah. I think th- most people don't mind individualism most people don't mind cruelty i think most people are suicidal most people like but we if you just repress those emotions enough you don't even know yourself yeah but of course you're suicidal if you smoke every day you eat mcdonald's every day that is a slow suicide. Like you literally oh, I are see killing. What you mean. Do you know, like the Even cognitive if you go to work dissonance. Every day, yeah, that that is literally like on a subconscious level. If you're not you're, doing things that are beneficial to you, yeah, you you're actually suicidal. don't. Yeah, like how can you say life is precious, but look at the ways that you treat life around you and the way that you treat your own life? There's an inherent cognitive dissonance between how we claim to feel and how we really feel. And I'm more interested in how people really feel. And you can never Do you think that's liberating? That. Yeah, Do you think I think people it really is. want to know? Like, do you think so? I think for me, I've had no choice. I've also had such a wild childhood. Like, my early childhood was so wild. And also, I was born right when apartheid ended. And then I went to an Afrikaans school where, like, my teacher used to beat the shit out of me. Jesus. So I was, like, I was literally five and was like, oh, being black is a prison racism is real like i just clogged Mm. really early on when i know most people who are five were coddled off from the realities so is hope an exciting idea for you like i hope things like the hope that things can get better i think hope is a very interesting like i once asked my boyfriend and he literally because he grew up so christian he really didn't understand he was like what the fuck is wrong with you i was like if you've been a slave for your entire life, why would you think anything would suddenly change? And he was like, people have hope. I was like, where does this hope come from? Like, you you grew up into slavery. You're still a slave at age 50. Yeah. Where does the hope that this is going to change when you're not doing anything to change it? Where does that come from? Like, I don't... Someone explain that to me. I think hope is real when it's followed up by action. But most human, like people hope that the world won't end, but you're still not vegan. You still don't recycle. You still don't compost. You still haven't burnt down the 10 companies that cause 70%. (laughs) That's true. So your hope is, your hope is just a pseudo, is just pseudo security, but it's not going to lead you anywhere. Because it's not followed up by action. Like, what do you mean? Listeners, (laughs) I'm so, this is so, I'm so sorry. I'm, this is so off brand. I said, my, <laughs> you're supposed to come out here wanting to live, believing in yourselves, believing you're making a difference. Now I'm teasing. No, but I that's, think that's true. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah, yeah. we need to be honest. Like if you really want to live forever, why wouldn't you eat whole foods and exercise and not kill yourself for capitalism? Yes. You know, I like actually, it's about like I, I, make a decision and then stick agree. with it. You know what and I mean? And I think it is liberating to know where you stand, like the yeah. truth. And like for me, because it's also possible. Like if you really want to live healthily, it, you only have to make the choice to do. I it. I think freedom is always a decision away. Yeah, in any sense. Always, like if we really always. wanted freedom, as you said, 
we have guns, we have knives, <laughs> we have WhatsApp. Literally. Let's organize. Just burn down. Like it is, yeah. it is a step away. But do we actually want it, or do we want the the space exactly of the oppressor, or do we want like immediate pleasure? And that's all fine. I don't yeah. think there's. Or, or rather anything it's, it's, is fine it's about don't confuse like don't yeah. live in that state of constant dissonance because that's what that's brings painful. you pain and suffering that's painful yeah it's making a decision and being at peace with it whether that decision but also knowing that comfort isn't part of the equation <laughs> you know what i mean that comfort will come after yeah. but it's not part of it's, it's not, not. Part of the i think that is what makes things painful yeah and i think that dissonance is really capitalized off like just thinking about mm. diet culture if you really wanted to lose weight, you would. Yeah. Like, no, you, you really actually would. would and you, you wouldn't would. pay any money yeah. for it. So it's like, and, and that's that's for everything. everything. That's for absolutely everything. People DM me and they're like, hey, I really want to start a podcast. Can you? And I just, <laughs> so you I just delete. The no, fact I that you. you <laughs> because the fact that you haven't started a podcast means you don't want to start a podcast. So why are you wasting my time and yours? Don't, don't, it's that dissonance is, and now you're crying every day because you're like, oh my God, but like, I really want a podcast and I don't have, you would have it if you started it. (laughs) If you wanted it, you would have it, but you don't want it. And now you're suffering because you can't reconcile or negotiate your cognitive dissonance. Make a decision and go. That's tough love for you guys. (laughs) And it's really freeing. It's so liberating. The day you realize... You don't want to lose weight. Yeah. You don't actually want to be healthy. You don't actually. You don't want actually want to live a long life. Yeah. You don't really like it. It's so freeing because yeah. then you get to step into your bullshit fully. Yes, and bullshit is honestly so fun. It tastes so good for me. Like I think one of the things that makes people uncomfortable about me is I've decided with my full chest that I don't want to live long, and, and because that's of that, I think it's upsetting for me. But because of that, I get to really, like, have experiences that are enjoyable. Mm. Like, some people would be like, wait, why are you going on your fifth holiday of the month? Like, <laughs> aren't you, don't you want to save? And I'm like, like, no, actually, save for, save for what? Save for what? I'm like, no, actually, I want to, I want to, literally, <laughs> like, aren't you scared you'll have a bad acid trip? No, because what's the worst that could, like. Worst is the bad acid trip. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I feel like if you're always running away from death, then you're actually already dead. So you don't preserve anything. I don't preserve, no, I don't preserve anything. I don't hold anything sacred. It's just, I'm just here to have a good time and, like, experience the full spectrum of being alive. And you can't do that if you postpone anything. No. Like, aliveness is only in this present moment right now. Anything outside of that is just, it doesn't exist. So I think, you know, you can only really be alive once you make the hard decisions. Yeah, I feel like definitely considering what's worth a living for. Yeah. And I think if the, well, yeah, now this is different territory because now we're going to get into suicide. Oh, yeah. Which I love discussing. Yeah, it's such an interesting episode. Yeah. Um, Just to respond I know, just we went to, like, on circle such a back, tangent. Which is an important one. I think yeah. this person who sent in the question will get a lot of... That's what important. was the question again? Was basically, I'm the only support for this person who has zero anchoring in, mm. in anything in his, his life, on their life. Yeah. Um, And they're dangerously depressed. I, however, I want to be there for them, but I can't help but have my whole day dictated and ruined by the, mm. bur- the emotional weight that I just experienced dealing yeah. with this person's problem. I think, look, either way... um. 
not to be depressed. Is this depressing? I can't really tell. But it's it's what Kierkegaard said when he said, whatever decision you make, you'll regret. So the best <laughs> decision, the best thing to do when faced with a hard decision is to pick one and be at peace with it. Yeah, I think whatever you decide and whatever happens won't be... The outcome is going to be complex. Yeah, yeah. For this person. I think... So just choose the path of least resistance. Like... If no one was going to judge you for your actions, which which path would you choose? Then take that one. I also think sometimes we should start... I think we should also think about... This is a really hard thing to understand. Mm. But when you're there for people, consider how your support can actually be like... In some ways, it can block blessings yes. and actually be an enabler. Yeah. If your yeah. friend can talk to you for four hours a day about how depressed they are, um, that might help. That yeah. really may be helpful, but it also may be... Um, another pillar of their sorry about the drilling another yeah. pillar I just think I just think that's think something to consider yeah and I don't know if you'll I don't know if there's an objective answer I know that you're probably not like entirely qualified well you're not you're not qualified at all to deal with this issue alone and you are their only support um I think you need to be mindful about making this your burden and making this like mm. your project um and taking that responsibility you have no response I honestly don't believe and this is controversial. I really don't believe anyone's like responsible for anyone. And I even Ooh. mean like parents and their kids. But wait, that's tell me more. Wait, wait, I want to know why, why, why? I just think we make, I think we choose. Do you think so? I think we choose. I disagree. But if I can literally have, if I can drop my baby on your bed now, Bobo, <laughs> and run out of here, that I've, I, then I can choose. Is it I right? Think, I don't know. Morally. Well, there's no such thing as right or wrong. But I think every action still has a consequence. Oh, it does. And I think. So I think just by virtue of that, we are all responsible for each other. I think we're... Okay. Because we can't escape each other's effects. Yeah. Being like, as I in one es- organism, yes, yeah. you're responsible for that. Yeah. But, you're, but to make yourself... Maybe that was a detracted example. I just think mm. to make themselves responsible for this person's well-being mm. is dangerous for the person oh, in question yeah. who's suffering and for this friend. Yeah. This doesn't sound like a good... This can only get worse. I mean, you, as yourself, who said in the question, can you imagine a good outcome where suddenly they're like, oh, you know what? I'm feeling much better. Let's, let's come up for air and like, like, let's have a healthy relationship. That's not going to happen. This person is suffering. That's, um, not, that's not what we're, that's not what I'm questioning. Mm. I'm just questioning how much you're helping, how much there's, there's what you think you're doing, but is it actually working? Does this person need to mobilize resources and get help elsewhere? And as painful as it is, like when we suffer, we also have to put ourselves out. As much as it's community, this person might need to consider how they can expand theirs and make yeah. a plan. You can't be their plan because they're also not your baby. So even you're like, this will only last so long, hey? This desire to have the only yeah. At some point, that's a valid point. At some point, you just actually will run out of energy, yeah. and then what? So good, you're thinking about this now. Um, I also think you just have to communicate it with this person. Like, yeah, for hey, sure. I love you, but have you also considered going to therapy? Have you also, if that's not affordable to you, like here are some sites for affordable therapy, or whatever the case is. Yeah. Like, do you have anyone else that you can talk to about yeah. this shit? You know? It's communicating. It's hard again. I think it's hard to be like, hey, we know you're in like, what's that thing called? Quicksand. But yeah. you do need a like, help yourself out a bit yeah no no literally that's hard yeah we should end here yeah what a good wow spicy episode very spicy 
I really love that bit at the end. Yeah. Just about, yeah, if we really wanted the things we want, wouldn't we, we have them? Yeah. And I think the answer is just yes. Yeah, no, really. <laughs> I think a lot of us, you think you want to be a millionaire, but you don't really. Yeah, like you, you know did, I mean? you would be, Yeah, you, you'd be putting in that work, you'd path. be killing who yeah. you need to kill. Literally. You'd be putting in the blood. People are like, I want to be a billionaire, but are you ready to <laughs> enslave to millions of people? <laughs> Are you ready? Because some are, and they've done yeah, it. Yeah, and they've done Jeff Bezos, Bezos was ready. Did it. He, he said what he said. He was like, bitch, I don't care about your lives. <laughs> lives? I will enslave you right now. <laughs> I'm so dead. Yeah. Thank you so much, friends. Thank um, you for tuning in. This was fantastic. Send in thoughts. There's a lot we discussed here. I want to know what offshoots of ideas you have. And I think we'll just see you on the next episode. Yeah. I am so stunned. Bye. Bye. <laughs>